You are listening to Ring Chasing Podcast, podcast by Don Garrett. This podcast is about the pregame and postgame thoughts of Sanford Seminole High School football's quest for a state championship. First round of the playoffs in the books, a 30-28 victory over Jacksonville Mandarin. After this break, we'll talk about the game. So when I created this podcast, one of the things that I said that I was going to talk about is the pregame and postgame thoughts of the game. And that also goes into things that happen before the game, things that happen after the game. So I have to talk about uh, one of the things that came up in this game and uh, it was very surprising to me and I just want to address it. if you, I'll just take a little time to address that before I move on to the game. So after the game, there was an incident. And like I said, I didn't witness it. I didn't hear it. But as I was coming down towards the fence, I saw that they were separating people. And I was asking what's going on. And from what happened, there was uh, the one of the opposing coaches directed at Goldie called him the N-word. Now, this is unacceptable, and uh, from what should happen to that coach is he should be fired. He should not be allowed to coach at any level uh, at all. Uh, That's disrespectful. Now, I don't know if we'll ever find out uh, what happens to him or if anything happens to him, but uh, there's got to be no tolerance when it comes to that. And that's one of the reasons why it took so long for this podcast to get out. If I was going to do it right after the game, it would have been a very different podcast because, to be quite honest, things like that piss me off. And I excuse my language, but uh, I I hate stuff like that. So I, I, I... wasn't going to do the podcast right away just because to calm myself down. But I do feel that I have to speak about it just because uh, for my listeners on the podcast. And and I just want to kind of tell my stance on all this. So that's one of the big things that I wanted to have this podcast and wait a couple days before I, I talked about it. And what really gets me angry about it more than anything is there's people, especially in this uh, political climate where uh, nobody can get along, but there is uh, people out there who think that racism doesn't exist and uh, racism has gotten better. And I have the same answer to that every time that that is brought up by someone and they say that that, uh, I'm not qualified to say whether it still exists or whether it's gotten better. Uh, If you haven't noticed lately, I'm a white guy. So I'm not affected by it. Uh, I don't have racism towards me. So how I figure out if it's still going on and if it's worse or better is I talk to my friends that are other races, other ethnicities, and I ask them about it. And also incidents like this that happen uh, and this is maybe what the second uh, game that we've witnessed something like this. So when things like that happen is another way that I put everything together and I decide on that question if it still exists and if it's better. And putting all that together, in my opinion, it's alive and well. 
And as a matter of fact, I think in this political climate that we have now, it's more brazen. It's more out in the open. You go down to Orlando and you have Nazis that are protesting in the streets. You you go to uh, overpasses and there's uh, Nazi flags and uh, white pride stuff out, out in the open. And I'm not going to go deep into the politics on why I think that is because that doesn't really matter uh, why I think that is doesn't come into play in this. But that's my feeling on it. And I'm a big believer in the way to fight racism is to shine a bright light on it, on whoever is doing it. Like in this case, the coach, he needs to have consequences. He needs to be fired and he needs to not coach again. Uh, We got to shine a big light on it uh, so people know that it does exist. And the only way to get uh, through it is through consequences. And I'm a big believer also in we got to teach it in schools. We got to teach actual history, what happened. Now, I'm not going to use the word critical race theory or CRT or anything like that, because in my opinion, that muddies the waters. That kind of, when people hear that, uh, they kind of go crazy just over that word. So I, I, I use a different word. Uh, when I say we should teach it in schools, we should teach actual history, not sugar-coated history. So you can call it whatever you want. You can label it whatever you want. What I think we should teach is what really happened. I'm not sure why people get all up in arms to to learn the real history. But that's what's got to be taught. Because there's a saying that if you don't learn your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And that's what we're seeing over and over again is with these Nazis coming out the woodwork and with uh, incidents like this, people aren't learning from history. Uh, so in my opinion, in schools, we got to teach real history, not sugar-coated history. So that's one of the things that I think uh, will also bring it to an end. But uh, like I said, that's for another podcast and for another time. Because in my opinion, what it comes down to is we just have to protect our kids in Sanford, right? So, uh, and I'm not saying protect them from being, shield them from the racism because they're in a high school age. They know that it exists and we should be teaching them that it exists. Like I said, I'm a big believer in shining a big light on it and that's the only way to get rid of it. But uh, what I mean by that is we got to shield them from situations like that. So in my opinion, uh, it was directed at Goldie. And Goldie is such a classy person that uh, he just, uh, they both, everyone that was there kind of walked away from it, which is good because they have bigger things in their life that they're going to accomplish. So this guy that directed it towards them, uh, he's just, he's not worth it. And I was glad how they handled it. It just shows how Goldie was brought up and uh, he's just classy and he's got a bigger purpose. So that was the biggest thing that I see from that. So uh, both him and Michael Key, uh, I got a lot of respect for them because of the way they handled situations. And because Michael Key was there too, I believe, because when I saw him at the fence, they were both there. So uh, they handled the situations great. And uh, uh, the coaches got the kids in a line and then got them on the bus, which was great. So that was all handled well. But I think there needs to be follow-up for this coach because, like I said, this can't happen. 
And when I say Goldie and Michael Key have bigger things going on, I don't even mean on the football field, right? So they will probably go in uh, college ball and they might even get to the NFL and a lot of kids on the team will do that. But what I mean is bigger things in life. They're both smart kids. They were both brought up by great families and they both have a higher purpose. And that might not be on the football field, but I know when you look down the road, they're going to be something. Whatever it is, uh, they're going to be good men. And that's what this program builds. So when you see the coaches working with the kids, uh, that's one of the big things. It's not about football. It's about uh, making them into good men. And I think uh, there's tons of people that went through the this program. And uh, I know Goldie and Michael Key both uh, are going to be like that as well. So when I say shield the kids from that, that's more what I mean because they can't, if they would have retaliated in that situation, not only could have they lost scholarships, but it all it could have affected their future. So when I say that they did the they did great in that situation, I, I just gotta give them props and all the rest of the team props as well. Because believe me, when I was at the fence, I was steaming. So if I was on the field and and would have heard that, uh, I probably wouldn't have handled it as good as they did. Uh, and I also got to give props to the coaches because uh, Coach Lodge and all the coaches got the team in uh, to line up and then got them on the bus before anything could uh, break out. So got to give that props to the coaches as well because that's a tough situation. I mean, I, w- I wanted to go on the field at that guy, and I'm sure other people did. So, uh, But like I said, I probably wouldn't have handled it as well as uh, as, as the kids did. So... <laughs> So uh, that's one of the big things, and I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but it's something that uh, gets on my nerves. And, and uh, I know racism, when you talk about it, uh, it's, it's, it's taught. It's 100% taught. So when you look at kids in the schoolyard and all races, they're playing together, that none of that comes into play. So it's, it's taught. Uh, I was lucky in that when I was raised, I was raised in Massachusetts in an immigrant uh, city. So I had, I grew up with Cape Verdean uh, kids, uh, Portuguese kids, Irish kids, uh, African-American kids all together. So uh, I learned from very young that uh, none of that was taught, right? Racism wasn't taught and I was lucky in that aspect. But some people aren't as lucky, and some people are raised and taught racism. So, and I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but it's just something that kind of drives me nuts. And uh, thanks for listening to that spiel. Uh, Now I'll get back to the game. But I just want to give props to everyone involved because it could have turned into an ugly situation. And uh, there's a lot of things that the, the coaches and the players did that it didn't turn in. And that was a classy move by both the players and the coaches, uh, how they handled it. So let's talk about the scoring in this one. The first score was a David Parks pass to Michael Key, and then Goldie got the two-point conversion to make it 8 to nothing. The next score was Goldie Lawrence with a run and then the two-point conversion to make it 16 to nothing. And that's how it would go into the half, 16 to nothing. So coming out the half, the Mustangs would score 
but they would miss the extra point to make it 16-6. to uh, The Mustangs scored again on a run to make it 16-14. to And then the Mustangs scored again on to make it 21-16. to Then Goldie would have another touchdown to make it 24-21. to And then uh, the... Mustangs would score to make it uh, 28 to 24. And then uh, the last and final score was a David Parks run to make it 30 to 28 Knowles. And that's how the game would end. So as far as our offense is concerned, the biggest thing I got to give props to is the offensive line because uh, the offensive line was uh, winning most of the battles all night. And they were allowing the running game from Rory Thomas, who was running hard all night, as well as Goldie, who was running and dragging people with him. So uh, offensive line's got to get props for this game. They were uh, manhandling the uh, defensive line and allowing uh, running. So big key of this game was the running game. And as far as the receiving at one point, uh, uh, Michael Key was a big factor in both the touchdown and getting some uh, catches to get move the sticks. So when it comes down to the receivers, Michael Key had a great night uh, on receiving, and then he was also in on some runs too. And that first touchdown too, uh, Michael Key was big on that drive. I think he had a couple catches to, to get that drive, and uh, it, it was like, that you saw that he said, oh, I'm going to make something happen. Uh, so that was big on, on Michael Key. And then Goldie as well uh, was with his running. So at one point of the game, uh, the Goldie was running and he was dragging about five of the defenders with him uh, up for about 15 yards. So uh, he kind of put the game on his back and Goldie's going to be Goldie. He's going to get it scored. So uh, both Goldie and Michael Key were key to this. And Rory Thomas also had a lot of yards. So you got to give props to all of them uh, and especially what, how they were running. So uh, Rory Thomas was big this game running. And one of the things I said in the pregame as far as how Mandarin played uh, one of the things I said that was underrated that everybody talked about their passing game, but not many talked about their rushing game. And uh, I said in the pregame that uh, they are uh, very underrated when it comes to their rushing game. And we saw that they broke away for uh, three uh, long runs, and that had a lot to do with it. So that's a team that's a young team, and they're going to be, we'll definitely see them in the future. So. Uh, that's a big thing for Mandarin. Uh, people are seeing them as an eight seed, but not thinking that they would put up a fight. And we knew def that they would put up a fight just from watching them, right? Also, from I, like I said, their running game was underrated. So uh, that's a team that we're going to be seeing over and over again, I think, when it comes to the playoffs. So uh, you got to give them props on how they handled it. But at the same time, too, I think we came in flat in the second half. So there's been about three games this year that uh, we came in flat in the second half. It was the Venice game where we didn't score all the second half. There was another one. I forget what it was off the top of my head. And this game, too, where we kind of came in flat in the second half. Uh, uh, you don't usually see the defense giving up those long runs. And in, in, in this game, you got to credit uh, their running game. But you also, I think it was a down night for the, for the defense as far as stopping the run. So... 
Uh, but again, I said that they had a uh, Mandarin has a good running game, so that played a lot into it as well. So Rory Thomas was the leading rusher on the night, and uh, Trey Clark had some runs in there as well. Tyrone Williams Jr. also had a few good runs in the game, so the running game did well behind that offensive line, uh, and uh, it was a good game as far as getting those points that we needed. As far as stats go, Rory Thomas had 17 carries for 101 yards. Goldie had 19 carries for 111 yards. As far as on the defense, Juan Bercall had a great uh, fumble recovery. And the final interception was from Marlon Hooks, and that was a great uh, interception. So the defense made plays when we had to to get the win, and that's the big thing that counts, especially uh, going into the first playoff game. So we were able to squeak that one out. So the next game is going to be on uh, Saturday, and it's going to be home against Lake Mary. So I'll probably have a uh, pregame on Friday night. So that's all I have for this game. I just want to thank everyone for listening and please share.